Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Today we're going to finish up our God Question series. We're going to hit the last really big question. You know, and over the last few weeks, we've really been wrestling with some major questions. Is God real? Is the Bible true? Do all faiths lead to heaven? Last one was a really big one. Why does God allow suffering? And today we're going to wrestle with the really other big question that a lot of people have on their mind is, what happens to me when I die? Is that it? When I die, is that it? Just a grave? Or is there something else? And remember what I said to you, wrestling and doubting are not bad things. For so long we've tried to tell people that if you wrestle or if you have doubts about an issue, that it's wrong. Actually, it's not wrong. It's actually good for you to wrestle and work over in your mind the things that you're struggling with, with the hope that it will increase your faith and move you more towards God. You say, are you sure about that? Are you sure it's okay to wrestle? Yes, all you got to do is read the Psalms. When you read Psalm after Psalm, a lot of times you will read there the writer really wrestling through words and through music, because Psalms are actually songs, his struggles. God, why why are you not there? God, my enemies are trying to get me. God, where are you in the midst of my pain? And so it's okay for us to wrestle. Do you understand that? You know, our typical response has been, well, you just need to believe. But can I be honest with you, if you're truly wrestling, if you're truly struggling, that's just hollow. Because that just doesn't seem to really help, does it? And can I be honest with you, God doesn't want blind faith. He wants you to have faith that's based on an understanding and a trust in Him and who He is. So today we're going to wrestle with that really big question, what happens to me when I die? Now, let's be honest. It's a big question. We all wrestle with it. But let's be honest. We really don't like about it, do we? How many of you like to think about death? Raise your hand. Nobody. If we really have a hard time when we go to funerals, we really want to do the funeral and get out of there as quick as possible and get on with our life because we really don't want to think about it. But yet, in the back of our mind, there's that big question, what happens to me when I die. So let's, first of all, we're going to do several things. We're going to look at what the current views are, what people believe out there concerning what happens to me when you die. Then we're going to take it into really into two different sections there. We're going to talk about death and resurrection. We're going to talk about the death that awaits us and the resurrection. And then we're going to talk about eternal destinies. What is there after death? And how important that is to us. So let's first of all look at the current views. First of all, in our culture today, there are some who believe that you cease to exist. Some believe that you cease to exist. So there is a growing number of people today that believe that when you die, that's it. That basically, when, they, when you're, that's it. When you breathe that last breath, when, when the monitor goes flat, that, that's it. You cease to exist, so you basically are buried and you return to dust, and that's it. There's nothing more there. That is a view that is out there. Maybe some of you have met people like that who say, well, that's it. When I die, that's it. It's over. 
And that's becoming a very prevalent view, especially the more secular our society gets, where people believe that you just simply cease to exist. And you maybe are here today and you believe that, that when it's done, it's done, it's over. Here's the second view. Some believe that you'll be reincarnated. Reincarnation, it comes out of the Eastern thought, out of Hinduism and Buddhism, comes out of the Eastern religions, and the thought is, is that when you die, you will then be reborn into something else, maybe another person, maybe into an animal, but you will be reborn, and, and, and how you come back will be based upon how you live your life now. If you have a good life and you have a good karma, you'll come back as something really good the next time, like a cow. So, and, and, and then you just continue to be reborn until you finally meet enlightenment. Now, you say that's pretty weird, but I'm going to be honest with you, there's a lot of people who believe that. There's a lot of people who've embraced that. That when you die, you just simply come back. And so, some believe that you will be reincarnated. Here's the other one. Some believe that you'll face a judgment. And this is where a lot of people are at. Now, We'll, we'll break this one down in, a, in another couple of points here, but I want you, first of all, to see that there are some people who believe that when you die, that's not it. You are not going to be reincarnated, but that you're going to stand before God and you're going to face a judgment. And that judgment will determine what happens to you after you die. Do you understand that? That's what some people believe. We would believe a kind of a point of that. So that's a view that's out there. Now, the problem is today, I don't know about you, but I've been noticing a lot more people just assume that everybody's going to what? Make it. Because everybody today is what? Good. But let me just break it down. to the, there's, So at that time, at that time of judgment, the bad will be annihilated. Now, there are some people who believe this, that at the time of judgment, at that time, the bad will be annihilated. So you say, what do you mean by that, George? It says, well, when they stand before God, and if they're not good enough, if, they did, if their bad deeds outweigh their good deeds, or if they don't have faith in Jesus, what's, what will happen is, and this is a Christian view that's out there, is that they will just simply, the Jehovah Witnesses believe this as well, is that when you die, you'll just simply be God. Wiped out. It's almost a variation of the first view that you cease to exist, except with this view you have to go through some kind of a judgment, and if you're bad, that's it. You're wiped out, annihilated. So there's that view. Then there's the final view, final point of that judgment thing, is at that time the bad will go to hell. The bad will go to hell. Now, when we get into the discussion of hell... I'm just going to be honest with you. There's so many views out there about what hell is. Hell is a place of fire, of eternal torment. Hell is a place of just simply being separated from God and being alone all your life. Eternal life, that is. And so those are the views that are out there. So you say, boy, it's a lot of views. So if you're trying to struggle with, as you're wrestling with, this whole issue of what happens to me when I die... And you're wrestling with that. It can be pretty confusing, can it? Because out there are all these different views. People who say, when that's it, you die, you're done. People who say, well, you're just going to come back. People who say, what? That you're going to face a judgment and your good deeds are, you know, if they're outweigh, you know, you're going to be okay. But if not, you might be annihilated or, or you're just going to go to hell. What is the truth? 
Well, then that goes back to what our second question was, wasn't it? The second question we dealt with just a few weeks ago was, is the Bible true? And we said to you that if God is real and he reveals himself, he chose to reveal himself through his word. So let's see what he says in his word about what happens to you and I when we die. Because from there, you're going to see what we believe as Christians. So let's notice, first of all, the issue of death and resurrection. First thing I want you to see is this. This is what the Bible says. Everyone will experience death. Listen to what Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. The writer of Hebrews says this. And I think this is very important, and I'm going to break this down for you for a moment here, okay? Here's what the writer of Hebrews says. And as it is appointed for men or women to die once, but after this, the judgment. Here's what he says. And as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this, the judgment. All right, right there. Just in that one verse, the writer of Hebrews, as he's communicated, as he's under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's telling you there's no reincarnation. There's no birth, death, rebirth, death. There's no cycle of birth and death in your life. You're only going to die what? Once. One time. He also says this, and I think this is interesting, that it is appointed for men to die once. So there's a, you don't know, you and I don't know when we're going to die, we just know what? We're going to die. And so the reality is, is that everyone, unless Jesus comes back, is going to experience what? Death. That's a reality we don't like to live with, but that's the reality. Death is sure. In fact, isn't that what we say? There's nothing sure in life but what? Death and taxes. And if the government could figure out how to tax you after death, they'll do it. But here's the reality. Everyone will experience death. Now, here's the next thing I want you to see is, and this is where we come. The Christianity teaches this. The Bible teaches us this, that believers in Christ after death, believers in Christ will be resurrected to life. So they're right there. We are saying that you don't cease to exist. There is something after death. And here's what he's saying. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you will then be resurrected to life. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 and 52 says. But I tell you a mystery. Here's what Paul's saying. This whole concept of life after death is a mystery, isn't it? I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep They're not going to be just lying in the grave. He said, well, not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. When you die, that's not it. How long does it take? Instant. In a twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be what? Raised incorruptible. Now, let me just stop. What does that mean there? Incorruptible. Have you noticed that gravity is taking a hold in our life? Our jaws are hanging. You know what I'm saying? Stuff's wearing out. What's happening to our bodies? They're corruptible. Have you noticed that? The young people say, I haven't noticed anything. Wait, you will. Just ask your grandma. They'll tell you. So here's what he's saying. The body that we're going to get is going to be incorruptible. It's not going to be susceptible to what? Damage. Corruption. So, here's what he's saying. When you die, 
The Bible also says to be absent from the body is to what? To be present with the Lord. And in that day when the trumpet sounds, when Jesus Christ comes back, we're going to receive a new body, incorruptible, a perfect body. Here you are, you're worrying about your body being perfect now. Don't worry about it. It'll be perfect later. And here's what he's saying. Believers in Christ will be resurrected to life. There is something afterwards, isn't there? See, here, let me explain something to you. Here's what Christianity believes. Do you realize you're a spirit being? Everybody understand me. When God breathed life into your body, a spirit was born there. Now, here's the thing. Your spirit inhabits a body of what? Flesh. Now, like I already said, that body changes, doesn't it? Now, here's the thing. When you die, what dies? This is the first death. What dies? The body. But what continues to live on? The spirit. That's why when Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, your spirit continues on. But here's the promise. One day, when Jesus comes back, we'll be given a new what? Body. A new something to enter into. See, that's the wonderful thing. You're going to continue to live on. The question is where? But for believers, we're going to be resurrected to life. Now, here's the other point I want you to see about death and resurrection. Here's what he says. Unbelievers will be resurrected to judgment. Unbelievers, they're not just going to simply cease to exist. They're going to be raised up too, but here's what they're going to be raised up to. They're going to be raised up to judgment. Listen to what Revelation chapter 20, in fact, you're in chapter 21, just look over at chapter 20, and look with me at verses 11 through 15. And then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, and from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Now think about that. He's going to see a great white throne, and the one who sits on it is going to be so terrible in his judgment that what? Heaven and earth run from who it is that's on the throne. Now here's what it says. And I saw the dead, that's small and great, so that's insignificant person all the way to the most significant person in our society, the poor and the rich, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened. Another book was opened, and it was the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works and by the things that were written in the book. So here they're going to face judgment. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, and each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And here's the point I want you to see. And anyone not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. They're going to face judgment. Unbelievers are going to be resurrected to judgment. So, okay, let's stop for a moment. Let's go back and just kind of go with it. So think about those views now. we got those people who say who cease to exist. What's the Bible say to that? Nope. You continue on. Whether you're a believer or unbeliever, you don't cease to exist. You continue on. You got the people who say, well, you're just going to be, re- you're just going to be reincarnated. You're just going to become something different. No, nope. what's the Bible say? It's appointed unto man to what? Once to die. You're only going to die one time. Only going to die one time. So, you say now, well, okay, so we're at that viewpoint that says that everyone will face a judgment and then there'll be those who will be annihilated or those who will go to hell. What about that? Isn't that based upon what I do? Isn't that what we just read? Well, that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about is eternal destinies. See, the reality is is you're going to live on. The question, though, is where? You understand what I'm saying? The issue isn't 
Whether you're going to live on, you're going to live on. The issue is where. So let's look at a couple things here. First of all, let's talk about believers. Believers in who? Jesus Christ. Believers, when they appear before God, will be rewarded according to their works. See, every one of you here is going to face a judgment. Do you realize that? Because you say, well, I thought I'm saved. I'm okay. I don't need to worry about that. No, listen to me. Every one of us has to stand before God and give an account for what we do. Listen to me, Christian. You've got to stand before God and give an account to Him for what you do. And then based upon what you do will determine your rewards later in heaven. You say, is that Bible? Yes, in fact, here's where's the passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 through 15. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes. For there is no other foundation that anyone can lay than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. So, you and I are building on a foundation of faith in our life. We're building on a foundation of Jesus. And so, He's saying that our building materials are gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble. You're building on that foundation in your life of faith. You're building on it with your works. And so here's what he's saying. In that day, when Jesus comes back, when you and I stand before him, our works, that is how we live our lives right now, are going to become clear. Our motives are going to become clear. Everything's going to become clear. So here's what he says. Let's go on. For the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire. Fire is always a picture of judgment. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work in which he is built on it endures, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet as through the fire. So here's what he's saying. He's not talking about your salvation, but he's talking about what you built on in your faith. So if you built your life on nothing but wood, hay, stubble, what does fire do to wood, hay, stubble? It burns it up. It's gone. But if you build in your life gold, precious stones, silver, and I'm not talking about wealth. I'm talking about the quality of your life. Those are descriptive of the quality out of pure motives because, hey, you can do the right thing for the wrong motive. That will be burned up. But if you build on your life that which is good, when it is judged, what happens? It's purified. And here's what he says. Some people, literally in that day, will have everything burned up except they're what? Saved. They're not going to have anything. So here's the point I want you to see. For you and I, Christian, the reality is, is one day in our eternal destiny, I'm going to stand before God and what? I'm going to be judged. But that judgment will bring whether or not I'm rewarded. Listen, in fact, are you sure? You say, man, I've got a hard time comprehending with this. Okay, remember, go all the way back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Remember what Jesus said? He said things like this. When you pray, do so in silence, in secret, because those who do it out loud, they already have their what? Reward. When you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, because if you do it in open, they already have what? The reward, but rather let the Father who sees you do it in secret reward you. What's it talking about? Rewards later on. You understand now what I'm saying? Believers will be rewarded according to their works. Now let's go on then. You say, okay, what about unbelievers? Well, let's finish up with believers, first of all. Here's the next thing I want you to see. 
So they'll be rewarded concerning their works. The next thing I want you to see about eternal destinies is this. They will enter heaven. Let me give you another definition of heaven from the Bible. Paradise. In fact, let me read it to you. You're in Revelation chapter 21. Let me read you what the Bible describes it as. And tell me if this isn't a place you want to be. Because I want you to think for a moment, how's your week been? How's your week been? Has it been tough? Been tough for me? You experiencing pain? Things don't work the way they used to. That's life, isn't it? But listen to what Revelation says. This is what, you know, do you understand? Heaven is not just sitting there playing a harp, you know, sitting on a cloud. That's Hollywood heaven. Who wants that? Listen to what the Bible says. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And also there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. So what is he saying here? God's going to dwell in our midst. And they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them. God himself is going to be with us there. Listen. And be their God. And then listen to what it says. This is like, man, listen to this. Look at what verse 4 says. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Wow. God himself is going to wipe away our tears. And there shall be no more death. Don't we hate it? When our loved ones die, when our friends die, we hate death. The pain it brings in our lives. We hate it. And here's what he says, in heaven there will be no more death. No more death. Listen to this. No more sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. Then behold, him who sat on the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. New. Some of us right now, we live with our failures. We live with the things that we've destroyed in our lives, figuratively as well as literally in our lives. And we think, boy, is there any, I, can't, I can't bring it back to the way it was before because of the stuff I've done. How many of us have wrestled with that? A lot of us have, haven't we? And you know, here's what he says. I will make all things new. He's the only one who can make it new. Behold, I will make all things new, he said. Right for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of waters of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. Isn't that an awesome thought? That's heaven. Paradise. Paradise. That's what awaits us if you believe. But then there is another aspect to this. Go back to Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. Unbelievers will be sentenced to hell. Unbelievers will be sentenced to hell. See, they're going to stand before God. God's going to raise them up. And in that great white throne judgment, the one who sits on there is terror. You say, what do you mean by terror? Well, let me ask you something. Have you ever gotten pulled over by a cop? I mean, he could be really... Weasley looking, you know, like puny. But that big badge just strikes what in you? Terror. What is it about him that's terrible? The judgment. Because he's got to make a judgment as to whether or not he's going to what? Let you off for speeding or write you a big fat ticket. You know what I'm saying? There's that sense. How many of you have ever gone before a judge? There's that sense of what? I better be good here. 
Right? And so, here's what I'm saying. So, unbelievers are going to stand before the terror of God because of His holy judgment. And here's what's going to happen. Their deeds are going to all be examined, and they're going to be judged based upon what they did with the revelation they had. What revelation? Well, Paul says in Romans that some will basically reject the initial revelation that God, the picture of God can be seen in creation all around us. And so most reject rejecting that. Some reject God because of what? Their conscience. Their conscience speaks to his existence and they reject it. And then some, and especially in this country, reject the revealed word, which is Jesus. But here's what it says. And those who were not found in the book of life, it's not going to be based upon what they did. It's going to be based upon what they did with God. Those who are not found in the book of life will be cast where? Into the lake of fire. See, unbelievers will be sentenced to hell. Listen, so when you hear people say, well, I, I know he made it there because he was good. My friends, you can never be good enough. So here's reality. The issue isn't whether or not you're good enough. The issue is what you do with God. And ultimately what you do with Jesus Christ. And see, the fact of the matter is, if your name's not written there, the destiny of most is what? Hell. Hell. So listen, you say, okay, George, what do we do with this? How do we wrestle with this question? Well, I think I'm going to ask you a key question here, because this question actually fits into the question about what happens to me when I die. So here's the question. What are you living for? You are going to die. It's the big, ugly gorilla that's in the room that nobody wants to acknowledge. Death. We're going to die at some point. Do you understand that? And you don't know when. But here's the reality. Death's coming. And the question we've got to ask ourselves is, what are we living for? We say, what in the world has that got to do with what happens to me when I die? Well, here's what I'm saying. It has a lot to do with it. Listen, if you're a believer, what you're living for will determine what your reward is later. What you're living for, if you're not a believer, will determine also what goes on because you've got to make a decision about Jesus. And if you're living for yourself, you're not thinking about Jesus. And what happens later is what? Judgment. Hell. See, thinking about death is not a bad thing. Because when you think about death, it changes your whole perspective about what's right. So, what are you living for? So then, here's the final thing. And here's the thing, because I've already told you what destinies are, and I told you what the destinies are based on. You have to make a decision about Jesus Christ. You have to make a decision about what you're going to do with Jesus and that's, you say, well, I've already made that decision. I'm saved. No, no, this question's for you, too. You've got to make a decision, even if you are saved, about what you're going to do with Jesus. You say, what do you mean? Remember what I said to you. I said to you, listen to me, that your reward later is going to be based upon what? How you live your life now, in your salvation. So you've got to make a decision about Jesus. You've got to make a decision. If he's who he is, then I need to live my life for him. So this question is relevant for both Christian and unbeliever. And if you're not here and you don't believe anything, you still got to make a decision about Jesus. You cannot get away from what Jesus said. Jesus said this, we already looked. What? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through who? Me, he said. you still got to make a decision about Jesus. See, it's okay to struggle with questions. It's okay to wrestle, and it's especially with this one, as we wrestle with what happens to me later. But here's what it's got to do. The questioning, if you're really seeking after God and you really want an answer from Him, here's what it's going to do in your life. It's going to draw you closer to Him, and it's going to strengthen your faith. So all of us need to wrestle, don't we?
What are you living for? What are you doing with this Jesus? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.